Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting live 
tracking who we need And call this liberty possible on rifle marksmanship, uh, firearms usage, firearms safety, self-reliance, prepping, and the things that each and every one of us uh, are going to be required to do in order to honor in order to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that we enjoy by virtue of living in this nation. I want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, and tonight we're going to be talking about getting your prep started. Uh, before we do that, I want to tell some folks thanks. I want to tell the <coughs> the guys, <coughs> all of the uh, men and women who helped with the uh, Battle Road Running Gun uh, two weeks ago, all of our ROs, the uh, range officers that helped out, all the volunteers and stuff, did a fantastic job. And uh, all of, as well as all of the staff uh, at Battle Road. And uh, we had a great safe event. And we're already looking toward the October 11th uh, running gun. And uh, and looking forward to having a, a nice big group of folks there, too. I think altogether we had about 110 or so uh, runners at the last event. And if you know anything about it, the running gun is a uh, four-and-a-half-mile looping trail with eight shooting stations for rifle and pistol uh, along its length. And then in between the stations, there are obstacles that you'll have to negotiate. And uh, this is just to get you to understand how your your shooting skills, your stamina, and your gear all have to work together in order for you to succeed. And uh, it is important that all the stuff to work together. Now, maybe you're maybe you're a light gear person, and all you have is a rifle and a couple of mags stuck in your pocket. And if that's you, that's great. And you'll see how that works for you. Or maybe you just bought a new backpack or something, and you don't need 
to use it on a four and a half mile, a couple of hour course. But you want to see how it's going to work, how it's going to feel uh, on you whenever you've got it, uh, when you got it loaded up and on top of the rest of your gear. Well, this is a place to do it. And uh, a chance to see how how all your gear works together, how it all fits together, <clears throat> how you do as far as shooting uh, when you're tired, how you do, uh, how your shooting skills are even when you're not tired because maybe one of the things that the, uh, the event is going to teach you is that uh, you need some more shooting practice. You need some more, uh, some more skills training. I think that's the case with uh, a lot of the folks that come out. I think that they, they're a little bit uh, shocked by, by uh, not being able to make a, a shot at the end of the day at uh, 250 yards with their rifle. <clears throat> and uh, the way that it was set up this year, that's what you had to do. You know, at the end of the four and a half miles, feed wall, and I believe there's nine shooting positions uh, on a 50-foot stretch. It's a raised, uh, raised bed of gravel, uh, 50 feet long, and uh, I think it's six feet wide. And uh, you're going to be in cramped shooting positions. There's nine of them. And you have to make uh, one shot on a really large target, one shot from each position at 250 yards. And... Uh, and just because you're tired at the end of the day or at the end of the run, that doesn't, that doesn't allow you to not make the shot, right? And you're going to have to make the shot regardless of how tired you are. Or, uh, and to do that, you're going to have to have the skills to make the shot. Uh, 250 yards uh, shouldn't be that difficult of a shot for you or your rifle. You should have your rifle. It should be a, a pretty decent battle site uh, zero for your rifle, 250 yards, and uh, you should be able to uh, you should be able to crank that out uh, even when you're tired. So I think that's what a lot of people learned is that uh, they need some skills training. <clears throat> uh, the event will be uh, it's going to be reworked and uh, things switched around and some added and some uh, moved around for the event in October. But it will basically be uh, about the same kind of thing. You know, you're going to have a, a really good chance. Uh, it will be fast-paced, a really good chance to uh, to see how your shooting skills, your stamina, and your gear all have to work. Uh, that's October 11th. So, and uh, if you'd like to, if you'd like to come to the event and uh, and help us out there uh, by uh, by working as a range officer, then uh, we'll be glad to waive your uh, entrance fees. That means you can uh, you can come on Friday, run with the staff, and then uh, you will work on Saturday as a range officer, helping us uh, run everybody through the event. And uh, we'll waive your uh, running fees. And uh, <clears throat> to do that, 
you can uh, contact uh, uh, either Mark or Mike at BattleRoadUSA.com. All right? Mark at BattleRoadUSA.com or Mike at BattleRoadUSA.com. And we'll get you set up as a, an RO for the upcoming event. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a pre-heads up. We'll be uh, making the official announcement uh, uh, in another week or two. And that is we're going to be holding a a huge Second Amendment Patriots rally in September uh, here at, uh, at Battle Road. It's going to be, uh, uh, as far as I know, it's going to be the, the first event of its kind in Texas. And we'll have uh, representatives and members of almost every uh, Second Amendment organization in the state uh, will be coming. We're going to have uh, some really fantastic speakers. Uh, I believe that we're going to have some live bands. I'm not sure about that yet. We've, we're talking to several folks, and uh, uh, I wouldn't mind having Poker Face come down or or, uh, or some of the other bands that we've been talking to, Reckless Kelly or uh, Madison Rising. It would be great to have one of them. But we'll have uh, speakers, a dinner, and uh, it will be a three-day event, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. On Friday, the folks will come. We'll have a, a catered dinner. We'll have speakers on Saturday. We'll get up, and uh, folks will be running through a an abbreviated uh, running gun course. It's uh, because because we're looking at having a really big crew here that weekend uh, in uh, in excess of 500 folks, maybe even a thousand folks, and some of those folks are going to. Uh, run through an abbreviated uh, run and gun course on Saturday and then Saturday evening we'll have another dinner and uh, uh, some more speakers and maybe a band and on uh, Sunday we'll wrap it up with uh, 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 additional speakers addressing the the group and then uh, people pack it up and, and head on home but this will be a chance for all of the the Second Amendment rights groups to get together exchange ideas, and at the same time, be uh, raising funds for the uh, loveyourveterans.org organization. That's uh, the group that Melanie Davis, we had her on the show a couple of weeks ago, and that's the group that that she heads up. And the uh, loveyourveterans.org tried to... uh, raise money to help pay for medical treatments such as hyperbaric treatments, which are not covered right now under, I guess, uh, a lot of the, the insurance costs and stuff that, that veterans are facing. But but it has really been shown that, they, that the hyperbaric treatments are really helping a lot of different maladies that are affecting the veterans. And uh, in addition to that, uh, she works with the veterans to help them transition from military to civilian life, and then she runs uh, Triumph Press, which publishes the stories of veterans. And that uh, has been shown to be an effective way of helping a lot of folks address things like uh, PTSD. 
is one of the first things you have to do is, you know, acknowledge it and then talk about your experiences. And uh, and it's been found that writing about the experiences and and, and having other folks know uh, what happened to you, what you went through, uh, has been effective in helping folks deal with it. All right, so that's going to be uh, the last weekend in September. And it's going to be a really a really big gathering and a great uh a great event. And like I said, most of the most of the two A group groups will be here and uh we'll uh as soon as we get ready to release all of the uh the uh printed material and stuff on it, I'll make further announcements. I just don't want to I don't want to make announcements right now on things that we haven't uh, we haven't solidified. <clears throat> okay, but look for that to be the uh, last weekend in September. So don't make a don't make a bunch of plans for the last weekend in September because we'd like to have you out here. The third weekend of the month of September will be the uh, first rifle marksmanship event for the Battle Road Rifle Marksmanship Program. And uh, this is going to coincide with the seven-month run for Texas Independence. And uh, that started on uh, October 2nd at Gonzales. Uh, and ended April 21st at San Jacinto. And uh, there were over a dozen battles, uh, major battles in between. And during the seven-month run for Texas independence, and it wasn't uh, just like the American Revolutionary War. It was never a certain thing. Now, certainly the first few battles that uh, that went off during the war for Texas independence uh, went, the victories went to colonists, the Texas colonists, uh, pretty much like the American Revolutionary War. But then there was a long string of of terrible defeats and massacres, uh, including uh, Colito Creek, uh, known as Goliad, too. There were three battles of Goliad, uh, where uh, Fannin's men surrendered, thinking that they were going to be given humane treatment, and instead uh, they were denied medical treatment for all of the wounded and then executed. Over 320 men uh, were executed. That, along with the the execution and, uh, and killing of the men, the defenders of the Alamo, was part of a long string of uh, of battles that that seemed like the the war for independence may not uh, go well for the the Texas colonists. But much like the the defeats suffered during the the beginning, I mean during the middle portion of the American Revolutionary War, uh, there was a dark period, and it finally ended with a uh, a tremendous victory at San Jacinto, and that was an 18-minute long battle, but during those 18 minutes, the Texas colonists 
defeated Santa Ana's forces, and uh, and the colonists lost, I believe, 19 killed and wounded. But they killed almost uh, 700 of the of Santa Ana's men, and then wounded another almost 300 of them. Now the battle ended in 18 minutes. I think what a lot of people don't realize is that the killing went on all day. Once Santa Ana's men began to retreat and then flew out and run, uh, they were hunted down and killed all day long because of the the several massacres that had uh, preceded the battle. And that will start off the, uh, the third weekend in September. That will start off our series on the Texas War for Independence. <clears throat> we'll be teaching rifle marksmanship. And at the same time, we'll be teaching folks about the Texas War for Independence. And we invite you all to, to come out. And if you'd like us to, uh, the, uh, the, the events will be occurring every third weekend uh, throughout the seven months here at our range at Battle Road in Central Texas. But if you'd like us to bring uh, to you, you can contact me at Mike at BattleRoadUSA.com, and uh, we'll be glad to talk about bringing the event to your range. All right? <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> the opening music uh, for the radio show is provided by Poker Face. And uh, Poker Face is a friend of ours, and they are a great freedom rock uh, band. They're a great, a great bunch of guys. And uh, the last couple of years, they've uh, been running an event uh, up there in their home state in Pennsylvania. And it is called the Freedom Palooza. And they'll be doing it again this year. Uh, it'll be July 4th through the 6th, 2014. And uh, and if if this information is still correct from last year, it's going to be $15 a day or you can get a, give a $30 donation uh, for the entire three-day weekend. And uh, there'll be free camping. Uh, kids under 12 are free, free parking, uh, and uh, the event is going to be located in Upper Bucks County, Pennsylvania, uh, at the intersection of Route 611 and 32, where they meet along the Delaware River in Kintnersville, Pennsylvania. Uh, for more information about this, you can go to freedompalooza.blogspot.com. That's their, uh, that's their website freedompalooza.blogspot.com and uh, and I'm not sure if they have a link there for you to sign up yet or not. I don't think they do. I think it's just going to be a pay-at-the-door thing. <clears throat> they have a lot of information about who was out this last year. Uh, I believe they also had uh, uh, Representative Jim Traficant uh, speaking uh, and a lot of other folks uh, that are speaking during the day, and they have bands. Uh, they've got food. It's supposed to be a family-oriented uh, event, and uh, and let me see what else they have here. They said you can, and they're going to allow uh, alcohol, uh, but the only 
advertising they allow is beer in cans. No hard liquor, no glass bottles, no glass bottles from anything. And uh, like I said, it is a family-oriented event. So there's going to be a zero tolerance for drunkenness or belligerence. And uh, and they want everybody to have a good time. <clears throat> All right. So you can go to uh, freedompalooza.blogspot.com for more information about that. All right, let's uh, start talking about, uh, let's talk about our subject for tonight. I see that uh, Sam is here. Sam, welcome in. Uh, Sam told me he was going to be running a few minutes late tonight because he had, uh, Sam still works with uh, his Uncle Sugar, and he said they had some uh, some soldiers they had to help out at the last minute, and I'm glad you're here, Sam. <clears throat> Uh, the uh, topic tonight is, uh, pardon me, I've been bailing hay the last few days and then I just got through uh, uh, cutting down some dead trees and I feel like I dried my whole body out uh, by breathing in hay chafe and sawdust or stuff the last few days. Uh, our topic tonight is starting, building, continuing, and maintaining your prep. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this, and we've talked about this before, is that when I talk to folks a lot of times in the in the prepping community or in the shooting community, I always try to kind of... Uh, kind of bring this up because I think it's important that everybody thinks about it. I try to bring up uh, the subject of of making sure that you're working on your preps. So when I talk to a lot of folks about it, what I'll get back from them is, yeah, you know, I really want to, I really need to get started on that, but, uh, you know, I was looking at the, the Mountain House website the other day, you know, they've got this package for, uh, you know, for uh, two adults and two kids, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's like uh, $1,500 or $3,000 for a year. And don't, don't quote me on this because I'm not telling you what it is. I'm just saying that it's some number, you know, some number. And and they say, yeah, you don't really want to do it, but I just I don't have the money just yet, so I'm, I'm waiting. But it's on my thing and list of things to do. And my question would be, well, you know, what if something happens between now and then? Between now and and whenever you get uh, you get the money to do it, because uh, you know there's <laughs> you know usually you don't get any warning or any type of uh, natural or man-made disaster. Uh, and <clears throat> the point I would like to bring up and, and talk about tonight is the fact that. You don't have to, on starting your your prep and stuff, you don't have to do everything at once. You don't have to go out and uh, and have $5,000 that you can start investing and uh, and start doing it and, and do it all at once and try and get it all done at once. If, if you can, that's great, but that's just usually not how it works, so... And there's no reason for, for you to, to have to to do it that way or to think about it that way. And one of the examples I use is, 
is if you were uh, you were driving somewhere in a rental car or something. I'm not going to say that you were in your own car or I was in my own car because my own car is packed up so that I can uh, survive a some kind of disaster or something. But uh, and yours maybe too, or you may have a bunch of stuff in you. So let's say you aren't in your car. Let's say you're in a rental car. And uh, and you're driving out west somewhere, and you end up in the middle of the desert on a wrong turn or something. You know, about in the middle of the, the desert, and it breaks down, and 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 you know nobody's going to be coming along. You're going to have to you're going to have to to get out on your own. And uh, you rummage around in the vehicle and to see what you can find. And uh, in the trunk, you find a can of pork and beans. And uh, in the glove box, you find a cigarette lighter, and uh, and then there's a uh, an unopened bottle of water under the front seat. And you're sitting there looking at those those three things, and you think, man, uh, it's not a lot, but wow, I feel like I've got I've got to jump on this thing now. Got a bottle of water. You got a can of pork and beans and a cigarette lighter, man. I'm, I feel like I'm a lot way, I'm a lot farther ahead than than what I could have been, right? I mean, I know I would feel that way. So, with just those three things, and we're talking all together, we're talking about uh, three under a dollar items. With those three under a dollar items, you've made yourself feel like uh, you could last at least a day, right? Or uh, say $2.50. You made yourself, you're, you're good to go. You're good to go for at least a day. <clears throat> so why not, why not start that right now? Why not start your prep uh, in the same vein of thought that you would for your, uh, for your car out in the middle of the desert? What I mean by that is you don't have to be prepared for a year uh, on your own. You don't have to wait until you can afford to pay for a year of, of food on your own to get started. Why don't get started uh, today, tonight, tomorrow, next time you go to the store? <clears throat> Just make you a list of things you would need if uh, if you had to make it for a day. You know, what would you need? What would the things that you need if if all of your uh, if all of your utilities, all of your services, if everything went out, what would you need to make it for that one day? You know, it wouldn't be a lot, right? You need a little bit of water, a little bit of food, uh, maybe a little bit of uh, medical uh, supplies, some Band-Aids or something like that. That's all, really all you would need for one day, right? And you go and you get that. And then once you got that, then you kind of start making it into a game. All right. Well, I got the two days. I mean, I've got the I've got the one day. I'm good to go for one day. Uh, let me see what I can do about getting ready for two days. And uh, you figure out the things that you're going to need to make it for two days without any type of utilities or services or stuff like that. And uh, and then you get those two days' worth of stuff. <clears throat> what I do is I set aside uh, uh, X number of dollars 
for a week. And then with that X number of dollars, uh, I'll, whenever I, uh, and usually I'll do most of my, uh, my general purpose type shopping will be at places like uh, dollar stores because they have, uh, they've really got usually really good prices on stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that does not need to be, uh, it doesn't need to be from Mountain House or, uh, or from K-Bar or Leatherman or anything like that. There's plenty of other stuff that you can get that you can just get the regular uh, least expensive stuff and it will work just fine. Uh, <clears throat> once you've got your two days figured out, let's up it up. Up it to uh, a week. Think about the things that you would need to survive for a week without utilities and see and, and see about procuring those. Like I said, I take a, a certain amount and I set it aside for a weekly purchase. And then on that weekly purchase, uh, I'll look through the, the different uh, ads and stuff and see what see what's on sale where and see what I can get. Uh, if you look at the slideshow that's running with the uh, on the like the radio page, uh, you'll see that I picked uh, a certain number of things that have been on sale in the last couple of weeks here. <clears throat> and one of those things is uh, hydrogen peroxide. And uh, hydrogen peroxide is on sale at uh, uh, Walmart right now, I believe. And uh, you can get uh, I believe it's a quart of hydrogen peroxide for about 87 cents. And, uh, I mean, it is uh, it is good for a ton of stuff. And uh, if you want to, uh, I'm looking for a document. I, just, I wrote on it earlier today. I'm not sure I'm going to find here. But the hydrogen peroxide is great uh, for a lot of stuff. Just a second here. Okay. Uh, it will clear up acne. It will whiten your fingernails. It will highlight your hair. You can use hydrogen peroxide uh, as a mouthwash. It will whiten your teeth. Uh, you can make toothpaste out of peroxide, baking soda, not powder, baking soda. You're just taking pour a little baking soda. Uh, into a into a spoon or something, add enough peroxide to wet it down to make it into a paste and brush your teeth with that. Uh, you can use it to heal bores, uh, boils, canker sores. Uh, uh, clean uh, uh, cuts. Uh, to keep from getting from, from getting infections in uh, like cuts or scrapes or scratches, uh, it's one of the things that uh, people use to uh, to clean wounds with, and it does a really good job of it. Uh, it will help pain. Uh, there's just there's tons of stuff uh, it will do. Uh, you can uh, you can kill mites with it. Uh, if you want to uh, sprout seeds, 
you can uh, soak your seeds overnight uh, with uh, two cups of water with an ounce of peroxide uh, in it. That will help the seeds uh, to sprout. Anyway, uh, peroxide has a lot of uses. Now, the main reason I keep it is to be able to clean wounds with because it's a, it's a very efficient wound cleaner. And so whenever I find it on sale, uh, I may buy uh, 8 or 16 quarts at a time in uh, propyl alcohol. Uh, propyl alcohol has a ton of uses as well. And uh, in addition, it's, it's used extensively for, uh, for wound cleaning and uh, sterilizing, and, uh, and it will go on sale the same way. Now, you can buy large, uh, large containers of it, but it's really hard to get, get it cheaper than the way that they sell it at Walmart, you know, when a big 18-wheeler uh, of it of it comes in because they'll sell you a quart for 80 cents and uh, like I said I'll buy uh, 8 at a time or 16 at a time and uh, I'll just store them up and then I'll use them I'll use stuff out of my prep but I'll just uh, I'll, I'll see what I can get that's on sale and then I'll spend my weekly allotment on, on some of the stuff that I need uh, and I'll start storing it now One of the main things you're going to need first is food, food and water. Now, water, uh, we've done shows on water before, so I'm not going to cover a whole bunch about water because it's really uh, it's one of the most important needs. And we'll do a whole, show, a whole show on it again at a later date. But it's also one of the easiest right now, too, because, uh, you know, you can get... Uh, you can get a big container of it. You can just uh, fill the containers out of your tap. So you've got some water. You can buy bottled water and store it under your bed, uh, in the closets, wherever you, you know, uh, a case in your car trunk. Uh, you're certainly going to need water. But it, it's also one of the easiest and cheapest to procure as long as you're doing it before the cessation of services. All right? And that's what we're talking about tonight, is doing things before cessation of services. <clears throat> It'll be much harder to procure food this way afterwards, right? So you need to start doing that now. Now, people all the time talk about uh, rice and beans. Have you gotten your rice and beans? And, uh, and certainly... Uh, even if you don't like rice and beans, uh, you may want to get some. And the reason they, that most people talk about it is because it's one of the it's one of the the bulk items that's inexpensive. Uh, and you can get you can go and you can buy a, a twenty pound sack of rice, uh, you know, for twelve uh, thirteen dollars when they have it uh, on sale at Walmart or one of the big stores like that or or you can buy some of the larger boxes, uh, bags of it at Sam's. <clears throat> and it's really hard. It's really hard to get uh, a less expensive big bag of calories than uh, by buying it 
uh, in bulk at Walmart or Sam's or something like that. You know, for your $10 or $12, you can buy that 20-pound sack of rice, and and you've got, uh, I believe it's, I'll have to look again. Uh, I've got it written on the sacks, of course, but I believe it's about 30,000 calories uh, in that sack of rice. <clears throat> and it's just one of the easiest ways to get started is by buying a couple of sacks uh, of bulk rice. That's that's just all there is to it. Uh, but it's also it's not going to cost you uh, $3,000 to get started. It's going to cost you about 15 bucks to go and get the 20-pound sack of uh, of rice and then, uh, then uh, another uh, two and a half bucks to get a five-gallon plastic container put the rice inside the five-gallon plastic container with a top. You don't want, uh, you know, bugs or rodents to get to it. <clears throat> but for under 20 bucks, uh, like I said, you've got uh, close to 30,000 calories there, and you've got it in a container. Uh, you don't have to wait. You can be doing this once a week, and uh, and you can be building it up. Now, I would make sure that as you're procuring these items, when you're doing it uh, one or two or three or a half dozen at a time, that when you get them, that you're taking uh, like a Sharpie or something like that, and you're writing the dates on them uh, when you got them, because you want to make sure that you're using them in the reverse order. And that is, uh, first in, first out. It means that the first thing you 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 put into your prep needs to be the first thing that you take out when you're using it. Uh, if you bought uh, uh, a bag of rice in January, a bag of rice in February, a bag of rice in March, and you're getting ready to make up uh, some rice, then you want to grab the bag from January and use it up first. And listen, uh, I usually tell folks that the one of the best things you can do when you are buying your preps and starting your prep is to buy things that you're going to use. Now, if you don't eat rice and beans on a on many occasions, and then you just don't. But uh, try and buy the things that you normally eat. And that way, uh, you're, you're going to eat, and you're eating it out of your storage, and then whenever you go to buy some more, you're replacing it. If you like peanut butter and jelly, then uh, when you go to the store, you buy, instead of buying your one can uh, of uh, peanut butter and jelly, uh, you buy two. And uh, that uh, four or five bucks, however much it is for the large can of peanut butter and jelly, that's your prep for the week, you know, if you're on a budget. And uh, you buy two. You put one one inside after you uh, put the date on it, and you eat out of the other one. And then uh, next time you go to the store, even if you don't uh, need 
peanut butter and jelly at the, at the time, or if you don't need some peanut butter. <laughs> if you if you have money in your prep budget, then you pick up another can and bring it home. Put the date on it. And then that, the one that you just bought, will go behind the one you bought last time. Put the date on it. You're going to use them uh, in the reverse order that you bought them. So or you're going to use them in the order that you bought them. Bought them. You're going to reverse them on the shelf, but you're going to use them in the order that you, you bought them. Uh, so that you'll be eating uh, out of your prep. That way you don't end up with uh, a whole bunch of food that has been stored for a long amount of time and it's kind of gotten old. And some of the foods will get, a, you know, a bit old. Now, usually that doesn't, it doesn't make them bad or uneatable, but it will have an effect on uh, a lot of times on how much uh, it, it may cause their caloric value to go down or their protein value and may cause it to uh, to lessen, but they can still be eaten uh, most of the time. Uh, you'll have to refer to the label, but <clears throat> most of this stuff is not going to Rice is not going to go bad on you. If it is, you're going to be able to see it or smell it. But as long as you keep it uh, in a cool, uh, dry, dark place, it's going to last for a good while. Uh, start your prep. You're going to start it a little bit at a time. And you're going to add to it a little bit at a time. Uh, certainly, you, you may want uh, uh, 2,000 pounds of rice for you and your family. Uh but the way you're going to get that is not by going out and buying it all at once. Uh, you're going to buy uh, 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 100 uh, or 220-pound sacks of rice uh, over the next uh, year and a half, two years. Uh, and you're going to spread the purchases out, and you're going to buy it a little bit at a time. Uh, and like I said, if you're on a budget, then you don't have to have, of course it would be nice, but you don't have to have the most expensive uh, backpacks or the, the most, uh, most high-tech gear, the stuff that uh, everybody's raving about in, uh, in uh, American Prepper magazine. Uh, I don't think there is an American Prepper magazine. But you know what I mean. There's stuff that people are talking about. Do you have a such and such backpack, or do you have a uh, you know a such and such uh, a tritium luminous compass? Uh, you don't have to have everything uh, the very top shelf thing. If you're on a budget, then buy uh, budget stuff. You can get uh, military surplus packs uh, from these surplus stores or from eBay. Uh, for pennies on the dollar. <clears throat> and you can always upgrade, all right? You get a little bit of money in, and you can always take that, uh, that stack of old GI backpacks and throw them on eBay yourself, uh, make your uh, upgrades, and uh, use the money from the equipment that you sold to help pay for that. Uh <clears throat> But I would advise you to sit down and make a list. First of all, you have to have a plan. You have to have a plan uh, 
well, what you're going to do in the event uh, of a man-made or natural disaster, cessation of services, etc. You're going to have to make a plan for what you're going to do. You've got to figure it out. And that's the very first thing you do. And, and a lot of times that's the most uh, that's the most scary thing to most folks is actually acknowledging the fact that, that something could happen that would cause them or their family to face a situation where they were on their own, but can certainly happen. And uh, and it doesn't have to be a situation where you're on your own forever, uh, the end of the world. It could just be uh, a three-day uh, freeze, a snowstorm, a tornado, something like that. But you have to have thought about it, and you have to have made plans for it. So that's the first thing you do is you acknowledge that, uh, that that there could be some occasion which could arise that would cause you to be on your own. You have to take care of yourself and your family. And and the same way that you do your planning, that you start off your prep, is the same way that you start your planning. And that is you say, okay, I'm not going to try and plan to save my family for the end of the world. Uh, I'm not going to even think about anything like generators or, uh, you know, or uh, or snowmobiles or or uh, helicopters. I'm not going to think about any of that stuff. All I'm going to think about today is is what my family would do, what I would need to do to get my family through a uh, a three-day snowstorm, something like that. What would I need to do to get them through that? What plan? What's my plan? For that, and then you make a plan for that, and then you look at your plan, and you 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 see if it uh, if you think it's going to work, and you may have some other folks uh, uh, that you know, other friends or something like that. I mean, uh, if it's not going to freak them out, it may be a good idea to have uh, them look at your plan, to have somebody who outside your situation look at your plan and and discuss it with them and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? There could be things that they add to the conversation, to the plan, that uh, you may not have thought about. And uh, once you get that that three days thought out, then you can move on to more extended times. What would you do if, uh, if say, there was, uh, like, uh, if you're living near the coast or something and a hurricane came through and it knocked out all the power and... And the water, all the all the services that you normally would have, uh, water, lights, uh, medical, uh, everything, uh, and it was going to be for a week. How would you survive that? And uh, what would you do? What would your plan be? And and figure out that plan. Do the same thing. Talk it over with your friends. And you just keep building the plan as you go along. As you're building that plan, you also procure the goods that you'll need uh, to implement the plan. I see that uh, that the captain has added his own third ingredient to the rice and beans, and that's spam. And uh, <laughs> you can't go wrong with spam. Uh, <laughs> it's 
protein. Uh, comes in its uh, own airtight can, and uh, and there you go. Uh, myself, I actually have been opting for the even cheaper uh, version of that. It's called Treat, T-R-E-T, and you can get it at the dollar stores. Uh, and, you know, it's not bad. Uh, it's not great. It's not bad, and it's inexpensive. I think for... Uh, for a 16-ounce can, one pound of meat, uh, you're talking about, uh, I believe I was paying a $1.60 for it. And uh, I'll buy uh, three or four of those cans at a time when I when I go to the store and, uh, and label them with the dates. And then uh, uh, I think I'm the only one usually that eats it. My dad and I will. Uh, we'll eat them for breakfast or on sandwiches or something. <coughs> But uh, try and buy the things that uh, for your prep that you're going to eat through uh, or that you're going to use and just uh, keep replacing them. Now, like I said, you're going to need a way to store the stuff. And that's going to be different for different people. You know, different a person that lives in an apartment is not going to have as much space uh, as a person that, that lives in a warehouse, you know, or or lives uh, out early in a in a farm with a big barn or something. So the way that you store things and the amount that you keep is going to be different. Plenty of ways for you to for you to store enough uh, to get you through at least short periods. And that's one of the main things that you want to do uh, is you you want to keep yourself from from running head on into some type of cessation of services event and running head on to it without anything because because the event itself, even if you're well prepared for it uh, is going to cause a huge amount of stress. And if you are unprepared for it, that means if you and your your wife and your two kids, if if you have just been uh, running down daily to the store to get the gallon of milk you need or the the loaf of bread or whatever, uh, and just eating that uh, that day and then going the next day to the store when you need something, stuff like that, if that's what you've been doing and you run into one of those situations like that, then now here's your problem as, you, as you're looking at, uh, who knows, two days, three days, five days a week, uh, heaven forbid, uh, two weeks or a month without any way to get food because we already know that when something does happen, uh, when there's any type of cessation of services, even if it just looks like there's going to be one, that if you aren't one of the first ones in line down at the store to grab groceries and stuff, then you're going to be out of luck because they're going to clear those store shelves out in a couple of hours. And then because of the cessation of services, there may not be a restocking for a day or or three days or a week or or who knows. It could be a situation where it doesn't get restocked for a month. So now what are you going to do? Are you going to feed your family? And that causes a great deal of stress. 
causes a great deal of stress. It causes you then to think about and do things that, that you, you never in your wildest dreams may have thought about before, and that's very dangerous. Uh, it's going to cause you to expose yourself and maybe even your family uh, to problems that you may not be exposed to by being out and about in the street looking for food or water and stuff like that when you could be safely locked away in your home. So the thing that you're looking at trying to do is making sure that you have some kind of a buffer so that while the event's going on, uh, while the down power lines are still flopping around, shorting out, and uh, and the water is still high and there's still uh, dangerous broken stuff around, that you're not cl- having to clamber across it trying to find some food for your, your two little uh, five-year-old kids or something, all right, that you're tucked safely in your home, safe and dry in your home, and uh, you're sitting there uh, patiently and calmly as you can with food and, and water and everything else and trying to figure out your next move in a rational fashion. So that's what we're trying to get you to do. Uh, Captain just just put another thing in the uh, in the chat, and it's uh, and basically I'll paraphrase it here. It says this stuff is happening somewhere to somebody every moment of the day, and uh, it's simply a fact that your turn in the barrel is coming. And if you're slightly ready, it's not as big a deal as if you are completely unprepared. And that's that's just the fact there. That's the way it is. So we're told what we'd like you to do is to be as prepared as you can be. And uh, if you don't have a lot of room in your apartment, that doesn't mean that you can't prepare. All right? Because you can. <laughs> you can still... Uh, put enough stuff in your apartment that you can get by uh, for a couple of days or, or maybe even a couple of weeks uh, without without a whole lot of grief. You can get enough, you can get a, uh, several containers that uh, you can fill with water. If something is uh, heading your way, you can put uh, some bottled water uh, under your bed in the closet. Same thing with food. You can get some of those uh, five-gallon plastic buckets, and uh, you, know, you can put. Uh, if you're at a at a minimum for space, it's not that hard to uh, like to take the five-gallon buckets, and uh, once you've got them filled and stuff, to put them into your closet, and then uh, put a couple of boards on top of them, and now that's your new. Uh, floor level there, you know, you've got the five-gallon buckets in your closet. You cut a few boards that uh, that go across the tops of them, and that's where your shoes or, or bags or anything else go now is on top of those boards. And uh, and then you've got the food underneath. And you could put, uh, even, in a, even in one small closet, you could probably put uh, enough food for a month. Uh, for a family of four, two adults, two kids. Uh, you could have on your porch, you could have a, uh, a nice, small, 
uh, grill, a charcoal stove, and then, uh, you know, a couple of sacks of uh, charcoal in, uh, in another closet or, you know, in a, a plastic trash bag under your bed, too. <clears throat> and the two sacks of uh, charcoal, you know, two large sacks of charcoal, probably just about enough to get you through 30 days or more of cooking. Now, you'll have to, you're, you're not going to be uh, doing it like a lot of folks are, pouring the whole bag in there and uh and setting it ablaze and then uh and then just letting it burn itself to ash when you're done, right? Uh you're probably gonna get yourself something like a a coffee can or something and uh cut the uh, air vents in the bottom of the coffee can, cut the coffee can in half. And you're only gonna use enough charcoal to uh to fill that half of that coffee can. And then the minute you're done with uh, making your with whatever you needed to heat up or cook, uh, you're going to extinguish it by putting the top onto the grill and closing everything off, or uh, or getting another container that's just slightly larger than that one and placing it over the top of it. All right, so that you're blocking off all of the oxygen that could get to the fire and you're smothering the fire that way. And then you're going to use that same charcoal again the next night. So even in a small apartment, it's very easy uh, to get enough food for for a family of two adults and two kids and store it even in one closet and some on the porch and some on the bed. Uh, And it's not expensive. Uh, At least it's... it's not going to break you to do it, okay? The uh, the cases of 48 bottles of water, those are usually only about, uh, you can get those on sale at uh, Walmart or Sam's Club or something like that for about three and a half bucks for 48 bottles of water. And uh, those bottles, I believe, are 12 ounces. Now, you need about a gallon a day per person uh, is what you is what you want uh, so for about uh, uh well I'd have to sit down here and do the math on it uh but for uh, for under uh, fifty bucks, you could get enough water for you and your wife and your two kids, and you could have it stored uh under your beds uh you could uh, uh, you could stack it uh, like uh, I don't know two cases high and three cases long and put a couple of boards on top and put a tablecloth on it and that could be your that could be your uh, 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 coffee table there in a room or something <clears throat> or it could be a uh, you know a little uh, a little stand next to your bed, uh, and they can hold the water. The same thing for the food. Uh, for a couple of hundred bucks, I'm sure you could probably do it less than that. And you know, you can make that a game too. And that is, well, how much? How much can I get for five bucks? How much? How many calories for how many people can I get for five bucks? You make it a game, and you make everybody get everybody in on it, and you figure out a way. 
to get uh, to get the uh, uh, 24,000 calories that you need for the for the month. Uh, it can be done, and even just a month is is a good buffer. Uh, if you can go past a month, go past a month. Uh, but like I said, the thing that we're trying to do is to is to get you to the point where you're not running head-on, empty-handed, uh, into a crisis. So. So that's why yeah, that's why it's important for you not to wait until uh, until you have the thousand dollars or the two thousand or three thousand dollars that you think that you're going to need to buy the uh, the big uh, one year prepackaged plan from Mountain House or something like that. All right, you're going to start this week. You're going to go start buying the things you need a little bit at a time and then start putting them away. You can buy the the rice and beans, uh, like I said, for about uh, 12 15 bucks for a 20-pound sack of each one. And uh, then you can probably get the, the uh, whole 40 pounds to just about fit into a five-gallon container that you can get for about three and a half bucks from... Lowe's or Home Depot now. All right, they sell the the food grade containers there uh, uh, regularly at both of those locations. I think Walmart may may, may even be starting to sell them now. <clears throat> but you can buy those containers there, and you can pop the stuff into it just like you get it from the store, and that's better than saying uh, I'll get the food sometime after I order. The uh, the special containers and the mylar bags. Once I do that, then I'll get the food. Look, man, go get the food now. The food usually just sits on your shelf anyway for sometimes up to a year or longer, in it when in nothing but the plastic sack you bought it in, right? So don't feel like you can only go and get it once you get all the things to to take care of it, because that's putting a whole bunch of roadblocks and stumbling blocks in your way. Go get the stuff uh, right now. Put it on your shelf, in your closet, whatever, and then uh, pick up a couple of those cheap buckets from uh, Home Depot, Lowe's, or Walmart and put put the stuff in it. Alright? And this way you'll be you'll be keeping yourself uh, from waiting until the last minute to do it. <clears throat> and you'll be ahead of the game. Uh, now, like I said, you want to buy the stuff that you're going to use anyway. You're going to buy the stuff that you're going to eat. You're going to eat out of your prep, and you're going to eat it uh, in the order that you bought it. The uh, uh, first in is the, is the first out. The stuff uh, when you buy the stuff in January and February and March, the stuff you bought in January, the stuff you're going to eat first. You're going to eat it just like that in the order that you bought it. And you're going to keep replacing it by buying doubles of what you need. Uh, you're going to store it. At first, you're going to store it any way you can. Then 
And as you go along, you're going to start adding things like the plastic buckets from Home Depot and Lowe's. And then uh, once you've got enough food and stuff to last you for, uh, say, 30 days or more, then you're going to say, all right, now I'm going to get the, the Mylar bags. And uh, your 20 bucks for the month or whatever, that's going to go to ordering you uh, a couple of dozen Mylar bags. And then uh, you can start putting those in the buckets whenever you uh, get additional food, and that will help uh, uh, protect the food that you've gotten. But you're not going to wait until you do that. You're going to get the food now. You're going to get the buckets. Uh, then you're going to pick up the Mylar. Then you're going to do that. All right? First thing you're going to do is make sure that you have the food uh, and the other things that you're going to need. Uh, you're going to get that now. <clears throat> All right, the... Like I said, one of the first things you're going to get is the food. You're going to make sure you've got enough bulk food for you to survive if something happens. And once you've got the bulk food, uh, then you're going to start working on the rest of the things that go with it. Uh, rice is great, but you know it's even better with a little bit of salt and pepper on it. So uh, when I go to the store, one of the things I'll grab, you can buy you can buy salt in 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 50-pound sacks if you want to. If you've got a place to put it, and that's what I suggest because it's, that's the cheapest way to get it. Uh, but you can also get it in the, at least, the two-pound uh, two cardboard containers, uh, the Mortons. That's what, I, that's what I've always bought my whole life is the Mortons. You can buy the two-pound uh, containers for about, uh, I don't know, 80 cents or so and, uh, and just start stacking those in your closets and, uh, until you get the, the containers, then you can put them in the containers. And I like the, the two pounds because it keeps me from having to open up a, a whole big sack. Uh, I can just open up the one container of salt. And, uh, and if I need to barter the salt, it's easy just to grab a two-pound cardboard container and uh, trade it to somebody for something. <laughs> So having some spices for your uh, bulk food is always important. Now, the way that I do it, container, I'll put the things that uh, the things that may go together in the plastic buckets. Um, I'll put them together. Now, like I may, <clears throat> in one five-gallon plastic container, I may put 20 pounds of rice, uh, 10, 15, 20 pounds of beans, and then the spices to go with it, salt, pepper, cumin, uh, uh, cayenne, uh, uh, crushed pepper, stuff like that. And then I may put one or two cans of treat into the container as well before I seal it up. Uh, mylar, I'll wrap it tight. I'll drop in a couple of the... Uh, uh, Oxygen evaporators and uh, close it up, put the tab, the, the lid on it, label the date that I put it in, and then I'll shuffle that uh, into a cool, dark place, and that's ready to go. And usually I'll write on the top, too, exactly what's in there, so I don't have to crack it open to, to look and dig and see what's in there. I'll write what's in there on the, on the top, uh, either on a piece of tape or sometimes just write on the container. 
All right, uh, 20 pounds of rice, uh, 15 pounds of pinto beans, uh, a half pound of salt, uh, four ounces of pepper, uh, two cans of treats, uh, one gallon of dried peas. Whatever I put in there, I'll write on the top. So I'll know where, I'll know what's in there, and I'll know when I put it in there too. This is something I recommend uh, uh, on anything that you store away, whether you can see the contents or not. Now, as uh, as you're doing the short-term stuff, there's nothing that says you can't start on some of the long-term stuff. And what I mean by that is uh, I'll keep a glass jar, uh, you know, like a uh, one-quart glass peanut butter jar, something like that. It has a glass, a container of glass, and the top is metal. And then I want rodents uh, to be able to chew into it. Yeah, I know that they can get through tin and they chew long enough, but but uh, but they're not going to have a chance to do it long enough because I've got poison out and everything else. <clears throat> but I'll take the glass quart container, and over the course of the year, uh, when I'm out shopping and stuff like that, I'll usually make sure that I'll pick up uh, like two packages if I go to Tractor Supply. I'll pick up two packages of seeds there. Uh, if I go to Home Depot or Lowe's, I'll pick up another two packages of seeds there. They're about a buck and a half uh, per package, sometimes for for different seeds. Uh, I know that uh, people say you got to get uh, heirloom. You got to get heirloom, and heirloom is the best, right? Because with heirloom, you can plant the seeds that you take from the uh, from the fruit or vegetable that you've grown. And you can grow the exact same fruit. Uh, the seeds of the hybrids may or may not grow the same fruit or vegetable, or they may not be viable at all. They may not be able to grow anything with them. But I'm going to have seeds uh, throughout the year. I'm picking up seeds, and I'm going to be able to grow something with that year, Okay. Now, at the end of the year, I'll take those seeds, uh, or the seeds that I bought actually the year before, I'll take those seeds, and I'll be using those to start the garden for the coming year. What you do that is you just have a bunch of, uh, and they're they're pretty much reusable, uh, those little bedding uh, containers, you know, where they sell you the plants that are that are already sprouted, they're either cardboard or plastic, and then you have like six little containers per, uh, six little holes, plant holes per container. <clears throat> anyway, you can get those, and a lot of times you can just go to the to the stores and get, you can get stacks of them there for free, or you can just save the ones that you use last year and use them over and over. You just get your soil, you put them in there, and you put uh, five or six seeds because you're if you uh, seeds are not they are not for certain good for long periods now a lot of them will will continue to grow and certainly they said that they got viable seeds out of uh out of crypts in Egypt a couple of thousand years old that uh, was still viable could still be grown <laughs> but it's not all going to be that way so you want to you don't want to 
you don't want to buy some seeds and store them for 20 years and be depending on them. So what you're going to do is you're going to take the seeds that you bought last year, and uh, you'll be buying seeds again this year throughout the year. But you're going to take the seeds that you bought last year because they're going to be in a container, that glass container that I told you about with a date on it, and you're going to take those and you're going to use those to start your upcoming garden. All right? And if you can order uh, hybrids or buy hybrids, great. Uh, if all you've got, I mean, uh, heirlooms, great. If not, if, if you're just storing hybrids, okay. You, you can eat the hybrids uh, just as, as well as you can eat the heirlooms. <clears throat> so make sure that in addition to picking up food for this week, next week, and next month, that you're picking up some seeds so that you can eat next year if you need to. Now remember that uh, that during your prep, one of the ways that you think about your prep, and you don't, you, everybody doesn't have to think about it this way, but a lot of people do, and that is, how much food do I need to get me from the day that it happens until I can get vegetables out of the garden. That means if uh, if something happens in November, then it's going to be a long wait for you, into, especially if you're in one of the northern areas, one of the colder climate uh, growing zones. It's going to be a lot longer that you have to survive before you can start eating vegetables out of your garden. So a lot of folks think about their prep that way, and that is I need enough food to get me from where wherever I am when it happens until I can get the the fresh fruits and vegetables from my garden. And like I said, in the northern climates, that day is going to be longer than for some of the southern climates. You may have an eight-month block that, uh, uh, that you're going to have to go before you can get anything out of your garden. Uh, so make sure that you're picking up seeds for your prep too because if something if something really disastrous was to happen, then you may end up ha- you may end up having to feed yourself for a long period of time. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is by growing something out of your garden or uh, or hunting or raising uh, animals that can be processed. Uh, and the easiest of those is going to be from your garden. I know a lot of people say, well, I can, it's easy for me to go out hunting. Uh, and it may be. But if you think of a worst-case scenario, the problem with the... Uh, with you going out and getting something to eat by hunting it, uh, if you're a hunter, if you've been hunting quite a bit, then it's a lot easier for you to understand this. There are a lot of people who who have not ever hunted, but just uh, just automatically assume that uh, they're going to sprout hunting talents if, if something happens, and they're going to use those uh those magnificent hunting ta- talents to 
provide food for their table. And the problem with that, with that theory, is that it's awfully hard, a lot of times, uh, for a person to bring home enough to eat uh, when you're hunting in a uh, in a really uh, animal wealthy part of the uh, of the country during normal regulated times. What I mean by that is that uh, you know you're only allowed to hunt at certain times of the day, only a certain number of people, only a certain number of animals, and when some kind of uh, major grid down thing happens, instead of there just being, uh, say, a dozen hunters in a certain part of the national forest or something like that in the course of the year, there may be uh, three or four hundred. And they're going to wipe out every living thing uh, in just a couple of weeks. And how do we know this? Because it's already happened before the United States. And it's happened in the lifetimes of some of the people, well, there's very few of them, uh, but there's probably some of the people that are still alive today that actually witnessed this. And that is during the Great Depression, uh, when people needed food and they didn't have jobs, they didn't have work, and people were out hunting uh, to try and and supplement their tables. And they ended up wiping out uh, the deer uh, all the game in many parts of the country because uh, they were hunted into uh, uh, into not extinction, but uh, they were hunted until the area was completely devoid of, it, of any type of game animal. The hunters did it here in central Texas uh, during the Depression. The hunters and the farmers, and <clears throat> the deer never came back. It was only in the uh, in the early 70s that uh, Fish and Game uh, we were contacted by them here in Central Texas, and they said, "Look, we're going to we're going to repopulate the deer, and uh, what we're going to do is we're going to start bringing deer in, but there's going to be uh, a minimum of seven year moratorium on the hunting." And so everybody agreed to that, and uh, they brought the they didn't have any choice because that was the law. Uh, but they brought the deer in, and seven years later, they allowed, I think, the first season. And uh, and here we are today with, uh, with a huge number of deer uh, all over the central Texas area. There are people that, that stopped uh, in front of my house to look at, the, look at our field that's across the street, because there may be 40 or 50 deer grazing in that field on uh, some of the evenings. Uh, that's at the end of hunting season when they've been uh, when their pressure on them in surrounding areas has caused them to move into uh, into our property where there's very little pressure of hunting but if everybody went out and started saying look i'm gonna I'm gonna go get a deer for us to uh, to to help fill our table for meat and uh, and i'm gonna I'm gonna hunt at night with a spotlight, I'm going to, you know, uh, whatever it takes to get it, I'm going to get it. Pretty soon all the deer would be wiped out because a, a deer does not have a lot of meat on it. All right? So don't, don't think that you're going to get a deer and you're going to eat off it for a couple of months. Uh, a deer is going to, with a, uh, a man, a woman, and two kids, especially if you don't have any way to preserve it, 
that deer is going to last you about a week, and then it's done. Uh, and so the fallacy that you're going to hunt and provide for yourself and your family, uh, I sure wouldn't depend on it. You can raise animals, uh, and that may be uh, something that uh, you want to try doing. And a lot of people now are doing that. I know quite a few people that uh, are raising small uh, uh, animals like uh, rabbits and uh, goats, sheep, hogs, cattle, and uh and that is that if you have the space to do it, then that's great if you have uh you know ample feed for them uh that's something you have to consider too because uh if you're gonna be trying to uh to raise certain animals, you're gonna take a lot more feed than others you know if you're gonna, if you're raising rabbits, that's one thing you could probably uh get by with a uh you know a breeding pair of rabbits. Uh, just almost in your yard, eating uh, the grass in your yard, supplemented by you know additional grass that you bring in from you know other places in the neighborhood, the ditches and stuff like that. But if you try to keep a cow in your backyard, that's not going to work, right? Unless your yard is uh, uh, 20 acres. <clears throat> so raising animals might be uh, something that you want to consider, but it's a that's a lot more difficult uh, and a lot uh, a lot more there's a lot more risk involved as well uh, because if you're depending on an animal or a number of animals to provide for your sustenance and uh, something happens a uh, disease uh, you know whatever that dies on animals or bring a female that dies during childbirth or uh, uh, predators kill it, you know, anything like that. Then all that chunk of uh, of of calories and protein that you were looking at, that's gone, right? So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't consider that to be the main thing that uh, that you're looking for to take care of you. All right, I'll consider the the animal raising animals as uh, and in addition to what you've already prepared. And uh, as I've already said, the wild game, I wouldn't count on that at all. Uh, uh, one of the folks in the chat here listed uh, feral hogs being a better supply. I'm as they would, but, you know, they're a lot, uh, they're a lot harder to get than uh, almost any other animal, too. Uh, and I wouldn't count on you getting them, like I said, once... Once uh, something has happened, I can guarantee you that one of the first things folks are going to be doing, they're going to be going out and trying to harvest uh, wild game to supplement uh, their tables. And uh, and number one, it's going to be hard for you to uh, to compete because there's going to be a lot of hunters and few animals. Number two, you're going to be placing yourself uh, by putting yourself out into uh, 
public land where there's a lot of people with guns hunting. I mean, there's already there's already plenty of psychopaths out uh, in the hunting areas that uh, that will occasionally shoot people just to be shooting them. Uh, and uh, it certainly is not going to get any better if you uh, if you're in a cessation of services type situation because one of these services that's going to cease is your protection by law enforcement, right? So you end up with uh, 10 to 20 times the number of folks out on these public lands hunting, and you're going to have uh, few, if any, uh, law enforcement provide security or to monitor them or to go after people that uh, are breaking the law or uh, or her psychopathic, etc. So that's just not a good uh, that's not a good plan. All right. Uh, so I'm going to end this with just talking about uh, let's just go over it real quick once again, and that is don't wait to start your plan until you can afford to buy the best, until you can afford to buy the whole year at once. Uh, start your plan uh, tomorrow, all right? Take five bucks uh, and uh, go and buy your uh, your uh, one day of food for you and your family. And you can probably uh, you can probably get the bulk of it for five bucks. It may not be uh, uh, a perfect meal, but I guarantee you, you can you can well, for five bucks you can buy a can of a treat, uh, a small bag of beans, and a small bag of rice. All right, for five bucks, and that's that'll give you a a, a good meal uh, with plenty of calories for two adults and two kids. <laughs> Plan. Start your prep off with making a plan first to say, what am I going to do? If something happens, what am I going to do uh, to make it through a one-day situation? Once you've got your plan uh, and you've, you've figured out what you're going to do, how you're going to, how you're going to make it through that one-day thing, then you're going to purchase the, the items that you need to make it through that one-day thing. All right? Once you've done that and you start to feel good about it, then you're going to up it to the two-day plan, and you're going to uh, devise a plan on what, and I know this sounds uh, it sounds kind of simple and ridiculous, uh, and it is simple. It's just not ridiculous. A one-day plan should be simple, but it's not as simple as you think, and once you sit down and start thinking about it and start working out, you'll see what I mean. You're going to make the uh, two-day plan then, and then you're going to uh, procure the items you'll need for that. And then you're going to keep adding to it. You're not going to wait, okay? You're not going to wait. You're going to do it now. And you're going to keep adding to it. You're going to follow the rules of it. There are plenty of places you can go for more information uh, on the web, uh, you can go to uh, uh, there's a, another great uh, forum uh, 
Uh, there's, there's actually plenty of great forums on this uh, program. Uh, a great uh, uh, forum over at uh, TSP, and uh, uh, and he's done it for quite a while. And there's a lot of there's a ton of folks on the forum, and they can answer just about any question you have. And they've thought out most of the stuff. So go over there and take a look at the forum. That'll help you get through it. There are plenty of books uh, on the subject. I'm not going to go through them because there's there's tons out there. Uh, <clears throat> Make your plan and start implementing it. And uh, don't wait for it. All right. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. And uh, I wanted to, I was hoping to talk to, uh, let me ask uh, Sam. Sam, did you write down the number for uh, Mr. Gray? when he called in the other day. I'm uh, sorry, I missed you came out. Okay, did you did you write down Mr. Gray's number the other night? I did. I sure did. Could you give him a call real quick uh, before we before we go and let's see if we can get him on the line. Uh Mr. Gray said that uh, he's going to be uh packing his bags to go to Washington this weekend for the Operation American Spring and uh, I just remember that we said we'd give him a call on the show so if you can give him a call and give him a line that'd be great <laughs> and uh, we'll see if we can uh, can talk to him real quick and uh, uh, if you guys remember us talking to the folks from Operation American Spring uh Colonel Harry Riley and uh, and the folks he's working with, uh, Jim Neighbors and a couple of other folks. <clears throat> They're going to try and uh, and get a uh, a large group of folks to head out to Washington and uh, to have uh, a large gathering there to protest the erosion. You have reached the voicemail box of 5702350226. Is that it? Okay. All right. Well, anyway, I'd like for you guys to uh, think about them. Wish them well because they're going to be uh, gathering in Washington. I hope that he has a large group of folks going with him and, uh, and they're supposed to be there. Hopefully, uh, hopefully there is uh, a large number of them. They're supposed to be there for quite a while to protest the erosion of our freedoms and liberties. We want to wish them the best uh, that they have a safe uh, meeting and that uh, and that it actually does something. Okay, guys. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Let's see that. Uh, it's damn Sam is still on that line. Let me see if he's if he's gotten anybody to answer or something yet. Because he may have gotten somebody uh, to answer or call back. <clears throat> and uh, and if he does, we're going to talk to them for just a minute. No, okay. All right. Well, then 
We'll see you guys this next uh, Thursday, PM Central. I want to thank everybody for listening this evening. And uh, and we will we will see you this next uh, Thursday, 7 p.m. Till then, uh, God bless and uh, keep you all.
Dragging who we meet and call this liberty. 